This is Bloomberg Surveillance. I'm not sure that I agree that there are signs in Europe of economic strength. There are signs in the United States, perhaps. There's no free lunch. You can't have higher wages and maintain profit margins and keep low inflation. The economy has not been very evenly distributed, and the people left behind have been really more or less the middle class and lower middle class people. Bloomberg Surveillance, your link to the world of economics, finance, and investment on Bloomberg Radio. Good morning, and uh, TGIF. I'm Michael McKee, along with Tom Keene. It is 7 a.m. on Wall Street, 1 p.m. in Frankfurt, the day after Draghi. And it is a very different day indeed. Shaking off yesterday's disappointment in the ECB, or perhaps just a more sober view of what Draghi hath wrought, we are seeing major market moves today. European stocks soaring. The stock 600 up 7 points, 2.1% right now. In Germany, the DAX, 259 points higher, 2.7%. Bond yields, curves are flattening across Europe. The German two-year yield is now a negative 46 basis points. It was negative 57 on Tuesday. And the euro, still stronger, 11105 but down about seven-tenths of a percent from yesterday. Here in the U.S., futures are also soaring. S&P E-mini futures up 18 points, nine-tenths. Dow E-mini futures up eight-tenths, 139 points. And NASDAQ 100 futures, 47 points higher, 1.1 percent. Bonds are little changed in the United States, but they are significantly higher than at this time yesterday morning. The 10-year note yield is all the way up to 1.95 percent, five-year 1.47 percent, and the two-year 94 basis points. It's uh, quite a difference over the last few days. The dollar index is stronger today, but way down from yesterday at this time. It's 96.551. So the dollar is weaker still on the back of the ECB. Part of what's happening may be less ECB and more oil. Oil prices considerably firmer. West Texas, 38.73, 90 cents higher, 2.4 percent. Brent crude, 40.76. It got over 41 earlier this morning. We'll see if it can make it there and hold that. It's 1.8 percent higher right now. Uh, maybe helping also the International Energy Agency. Did you see this story saying prices may indeed have bottomed, putting a floor under uh, oil, at least for the moment. Uh, with Draghi done... That's the comedy hour today. That's the comedy hour today. <laughs> Although, you know, we had an agreement between Saudi Arabia and Russia to freeze oil production that had nothing to it, and it <laughs> seems to have worked. So, you know, Tom, uh, my advice would uh, be from the Wizard of Oz. Don't look behind Shout the out curtain. this morning to Adam Siminski, who used to hold court at Peter Hooper's Deutsche Bank on oil, and he was so cynical about what big institutions say about hydrocarbons. Well, um, what they say at, uh, and what they and what hydrocarbons are doing this morning match. And, and we'll just since it's Friday, we'll leave it at that. Uh, with Draghi done, attention is turning now to the Bank of Japan on Monday, the Fed on Wednesday. Larry Lindsay is a former Fed governor, now president of the Lindsay Group. He is a prolific author. Has a new book out, Conspiracies of the Ruling Class, and we want to ask you about that in a moment. But if I might, the Fed. Uh, they may fit into your ruling class definition. Uh, your assessment of monetary policy and what central banks, including ours, should be doing at this point. Well, uh, the Fed has definitely been involved in a part of the ruling class. There's no doubt about it. 
I think the issue is going to be going forward. Uh, how are they going to dig themselves out of a, a fairly deep hole? Uh, the way we got in the hole was we had to do some experimentation in order to figure out how to uh, deal with the last crash. Uh, uh, we did the experimentation, but no one ever thought about an exit strategy uh, when they were marching in. And I think it's going to be very difficult. Uh, my preference, I think, would be to begin to run off the balance sheet before they raise rates. Uh, if I were running a $4 trillion hedge fund, I definitely would liquidate my positions before I uh, sent their price down. But, um, you know, uh, the Fed has a very difficult challenge. I do not think that they're going to raise next week. I don't think they're going to raise until probably uh, December at the earliest. Uh, we have this is this is a high risk time to to do it. Uh, it's high risk time economically, uh, and when you have a high risk time economically and the year is divisible by four, you also have a high risk time politically. Uh, there does seem to be a feeling that inflation is picking up. You look at the core rate moving higher. We have uh, the. Phillips curve in action, you know, the, the lower unemployment rate uh, may be starting to have an effect on wages. So why December? Well, uh, there's there's two pieces to this. First of all, uh, yes, of course, uh, inflation is going to move up. Uh, we had, if you simply were to take out the decline in energy and commodities, lar which largely happened in the first half of last year, uh, you get a basically a 1.7 percent uh, inflation rate. You add any kind of uh, tighter labor market to that, and you're you're going to be by the end of this year at or probably over two percent. And uh, wage inflation is is happening. Uh, it's not rampant wage inflation, but it's clear that labor is gaining a share of the pie. Uh, productivity is negative. Uh, workers are getting uh, nominal wage hikes that are far higher than the added value of output that they're putting out. So the share of compensation is going to workers. That is going to ultimately put some pressure on prices. So, yes, I think the inflation dynamic has started. On the other hand, we still have a high-risk world, and I think the Fed is going to be cautious yeah. um, uh, in, in when they move. Larry, I want to get back to the book, if I could. First, so, folks, uh, Bloomberg Surveillance this Friday, brought to you by Invesco, looking for investment views, experienced experts. Are just a click away, go to Invesco.com slash U.S. to subscribe to the Invesco blog and follow at Invesco U.S. on Twitter. Conspiracies of the ruling class, Lawrence B. Lindsay. And you got to love, Larry, how you start the book. I mean, I, I have no clue how you time this puppy. The American public is angry. Did you know we'd be Trump and Sanders when you wrote this book? <laughs> well, it was... Uh... <laughs> It was looking uh, worse and worse. Actually, uh, at the beginning of uh, 2015, uh, we wrote that um, Jeb Bush and Hillary Clinton were not the key to their parties, that you should look at Elizabeth Warren and Rand Paul instead. And I think uh, some people right. out there uh, might risk, uh, might wish that we actually had uh, yeah. Rand and Elizabeth and who we ended up with. You, you take this back, folks, and the only reason to read this book is page 43, where Larry Lindsay kills it on Thomas Hobbes and John Locke. It's, it's great that he does that and frames how we got to an elite world. When did this start in America? Is it a new thing, or have we been doing this since time began? Well, you know, the Hobbes-Locke controversy, uh, you know, Locke won the American Revolution, right? That's really what it was all about. And, um, and <clears throat> they uh, designed it so that uh, we would have a Locke world hopefully forever. Uh, but around the turn of the century, 
uh, a new group emerged that I would think of as intellectually elite. I mean, one of the keys to the ruling class is that they think they know how to run your life better than you. So do. you're pinning this and on Woodrow Wilson. It really is. It, Wilson really started it. And, uh, you know, we, we quote Wilson a lot in the book. Uh, I, uh, you know, he, he isn't the, the hero uh, when you actually read what he wrote that we were taught in school. Um, but, you know, Wilson really didn't like the American system. Uh, he wanted uh, experts uh, to run the country. Uh, he wanted to dispense basically with uh, separation of powers. And he just was, you know, in, into efficiency and efficiency in imposing his worldview. Well, and, uh, you know, that got deeper and deeper as the uh, uh, century wore on. And now we're at the point where the way the country functions actually is the opposite of what the Constitution says. Uh, we have experts making decisions and not elected representatives. I mean, one, um, one great example that everyone here is familiar with and in, in, uh, who is listening is what the FCC did with the Internet. Now, I'm not taking a position on whether regulation is a good thing or a bad thing. I'm just looking at it from a democratic point of view. Imagine you had five unelected people vote three to two that they could now regulate the Internet. They didn't ask the Congress. They simply gave it to themselves. Again, not the merits of the regulation, but think about the democratic process that's involved. Uh, that certainly is not the way the Constitution was written, but it's more typical of the way things are now. And, uh, you know, that uh, really conveys a sense of arrogance on the part of the people in charge, that they don't even have to ask the people's representatives to do something like that. I think uh, when you say uh, the de from a Democratic point of view, you're, you're talking small d. Uh, Democrat. Oh, absolutely. Basic, basic philosophy. Or, or following the rule of law. Another example. Yeah. The Clean Water Act says that the EPA can regulate navigable bodies of water. Now, you and I and everybody listening knows what the word navigable means. It means something you can navigate, i.e. put a boat on and drive it around. Well, the EPA decided that was far too restrictive. Yeah. So they've defined uh, what they could regulate as any standing body of water. Well, let, and Larry, it doesn't even have to be around for 12 months. Larry, we're going to come back. sort of sit there. Larry Lindsay with Sorry. us in Washington with 99.1 FM. We say good morning to all in Washington. This is an apolitical book, The Republican Lindsay, going after everybody in conspiracies of the ruling class, how to break their grip forever. It's an interesting book, very timely to say uh, the least. Larry Lindsay, and we will continue. Futures up 18. Let's check in now with Michael Barr and get the latest world of national headlines. Mike, Tom, thank you very much. Republican presidential candidates will fan out today ahead of Tuesday's primaries in five states. Up for grabs are 367 Republican delegates in Florida, Illinois, Missouri, North Carolina, and Ohio, and the northern Mariana Islands in the Pacific. Last night, the Republican presidential candidates had a toned-down debate in Miami discussing issues such as Social Security and climate change. Almost 200 cases of the Zika virus have been reported in the U.S. All of the cases have been traced to travel abroad. 
Yesterday, health officials made a plea to Congress to provide $1.9 billion to fight the mosquito-borne virus in Latin America and help it from spreading here in the U.S. A proposal to make polygamy a felony crime in Utah has failed again in the state Senate. Global News, 24 hours a day, powered by our 2,400 journalists and more than 150 news bureaus from around the world. I'm Michael Barr. Mike, Tom? Michael Barr, thanks so much. Conspiracies of the ruling class with us, Larry Lindsay. From New York, Michael McKee and Tom Keene, Bloomberg Surveillance. Bloomberg Surveillance is brought to you by Land Rover. Adventure is yours for the taking. Visit LandRoverTriState.com for special lease and financing offers. Land Rover, above and beyond. 